Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 488 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. You have tuned into our deep dive episode, so welcome in. We're glad you're here. And tonight we have a, an interview with some folks we haven't talked to in, in almost two years, so it's going to be a good show. We hope you enjoy it. We hope you get some information out of it. And before we get rolling, we'll go ahead and introduce ourselves. I'm Russ, K5TUX. Cheryl, W5MOO, is on assignment. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right. Let's see. How are we going to do introductions? Well, I'll, I'll just tell you who's here, and then we'll go down the list here. So... The first of our interviewees for tonight is Ed Wilson, N2XDD, uh, of the M17 project and, and apparently many other projects at the, at the moment. But uh, the one we're interested in is M17. So how's it going tonight, Ed? That's going good, Russ and Bill. Thanks for uh, having us back here. Uh, actually, I didn't make the first show, so thanks for having me on. Well, of course, we have to have you on because you insert yourself in everything M17 these days, from what I understand. So... Uh, we had to have you on, and then we also have Steve Miller. I'm not going to make the same joke I made last time. I, I'm pretty sure I had to have said something about Steve Miller, so um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to do that this time. Uh, he's Kilo Charlie One Alpha Whiskey Victor, and how's it going tonight, Steve? Uh, it's going great. Thank you for having us again. Yeah, well, we're always glad to have you guys on because I know there has got to be a lot of development since the last time we talked, so we're going to talk about all that. But before we get into it, I don't know who wants to take the lead on any of these questions. I guess we'll let you guys sort it out. But let's start with, what is M17? All righty, I'll start off that one. M17 is a uh, new digital, digital voice protocol that's uh, completely open source. It's in development. Uh, it was started in Poland by SP5WWP, that's Wojciech. And it's since turned into a worldwide community of like-minded individuals who are uh, contributing and, and adding to the, uh, the slowly building success of the uh, project. All right. That's a nice, succinct summary. I like it. And when we talked to you guys last, you were uh, software only. You were working on the codec, and uh, you didn't have your big, fat grant from the ARDC that you have now, so things were a little bit tighter back then. And uh, I know you had some preliminary work on hardware, but there wasn't much development. You guys were also working with the OpenRTX project, uh, or at least uh, collaborating with OpenRTX. I don't know how you want to phrase that, but uh, to, to get this stuff into hardware. So let's talk a little bit about where you've come since March of 2021. Well, March 2021, that seems so long ago. <laughs> uh, there's so many things that have been going on, and yeah, you're, you're correct. Um, you know, we were basically just software. We were really trying to hammer out the protocol uh, at the beginning stages before we got that uh, grant from ARDC. 
But uh, since then, uh, you know, a lot more work has gone into hardware uh, with the, I like to call them our sister project, uh, OpenRTX. You know, they, they're developing firmware for uh, currently existing um, off-the-shelf radios uh, like the UV380 uh, or the MD380, the MD380 UV, UV I don't know, the, the, the dual band one. <laughs> and, um, you know, they're also taking a look at uh, some of the Yesu uh Fusion radios, um, radio tool, which is uh, a project that uh, flashes their firmware onto these radios, also works on uh, the Alence HD1. Um, so that's another DMR radio. So we have a bunch of targets that we're uh, currently working with OpenRTX in order to get M17 put into. And we have uh, a few pieces of hardware that we're working on. One is called the Module 17, which is a uh, speaker mic um, adapter for existing radios. So if you're familiar with the SM1000, that's a uh, free DV uh, voice modem for HF. Well, we designed a VHF and UHF version of that using the M17 protocol. So you have a speaker mic uh, go into a board that's uh, off board from the radio, and then that plugs into the uh, data port on the back of um, a 9600 baud capable radio. Um, the one that uh, we've been playing around with is the FTM6000 from Yesu. That seems to work very well. Uh, GM300 and those series of Motorola radios work well. Um, the Wireless, uh, you know, uh, radios, so like the CDMs, uh, the uh, handheld version of those as well, those uh, may work. Um, but uh, that's a smart mic, but we're also working on a small uh, QRP radio kind of thing um, that's essentially a dev board for it's probably going to be the CC1200 uh, RF chip, um, but we could also probably spin it for an ADF7021, but, you know, those chips are hard to find. Um, but it's basically going to be uh, development for an HT that's going to be strictly M17 and FM. So, um, you know, we got some hardware that we're working on ourselves. Um, DB9MAT and SP5WWP are heading up the development of those. And uh, like I said, the OpenRTX project, they're working on um, existing um, radios and building the firmware for those as well. All right. Very good. So we'll get into the hardware a little bit in a little bit. And um, I don't think when we talked the first time that you even mentioned Yezu as an option. So I think I think it was mostly the Titera stuff. Yeah, that's correct. All right. So so interesting that you're branching out. And I know you had mentioned that you had always wanted to get your own hardware. And now apparently that's further along. So that that's good to hear, too. You'll you'll just be adding to the marketplace of all these uh, digital radio options. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think early on you said that your hope was to, like, unify or maybe even eliminate some of the other things, just kind of become the the one ring to rule them all of the, of the digital world. Do you, do you see that as a possibility anymore, or are you just going to be another player? Well, it's interesting to think of that in, in that way, because we're developing a digital radio protocol that is strictly designed for amateur radio. And the only other one that we know of that was strictly developed for amateur radio was D-Star. Uh, people will argue and say that Fusion was developed for amateur radio, but it's C4FM, it's P25. So they're basically taking P25 and putting it into amateur radio. DMR was designed, I believe, as a commercial product product. 
and it was adopted by amateur radio. So what we're doing is we're developing a new radio protocol. I don't want to think that we're trying to eliminate anything, but yes, I believe that we want to become an additional alternative that's free and open source that anybody can go ahead and implement into their products if they want to. But if we did take over the digital part of amateur radio, it would not be a bad thing. Well, assuming that your protocol is as good as all the other ones, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, absolutely. That, yeah, and that's the great thing about having such a large community is that um, we take the concerns and gripes and everything that people have about other protocols, and we develop a our protocol to be uh, better than that. So, you know, thing people things you know are, are talking about you know dual time slot with DMR. Well, we don't want to do that. We're doing FDMA. Uh, people talk about talk groups, you know, and how difficult it is to program a DMR radio. Well, how can we make it better? So we make it a whole lot more simple for people to get onto the air rather than having to sit there and basically program a radio in order to do, do what you want with it. We're developing a radio that you turn on, you put your call sign in. And, you know, if you're familiar with operating a, a an HT for analog, all you got to do is just put in your channels and you're ready to go. Yeah, that's one of the things I've always touted about, well, not C4FM, but the, the, the idea of the fusion radio specifically, because it makes digital a lot easier than DMR. Yeah. So you, you guys are following that same sort of paradigm. Yeah. And so if <laughs> the way that I like to, to describe it is if you're familiar with the way that how easy fusion is and the networking system that DSTAR uses, we're kind of combining those two do you do you see this as like are you going to do a thing where you have internet parts to the m17 protocol is that going to be part of it sure. like okay so are you going to have like your own setup like people will be able to do rooms like they do in wires x and things like that or are you going to take it a different direction so we have a reflector protocol or a and a reflector system that was developed by tom n7tae if you're familiar with open quad um we have a reflector system that's uh, built based off of xlx which was a multi-protocol reflector system for uh d-star fusion dmr and basically anything that you can put into it it will basically repeat it um our M17 reflector called MRFD uh, was developed by them. So yeah, we have um, reflectors and channels or modules. They're actually called modules. So if you're familiar with like uh, D-Star where people will say uh, reflector uh dcs 50 uh module c you know or you know if they want to go to reflector 50 charlie well we have the same sort of thing so i have a reflector that's run by the m17 project so we call it reflector m17 and then we have modules on that um and you know it, it can be used for anything that you want you get 26 letters that you can uh, play with so or well 26 modules and they're all designated by letter and uh, you can do whatever you want with them you could spin up your own reflector you and you have a whole you know slew of uh channels or, or modules on that that you want to that you want to play around with and um so yeah it's it's a bit easier than what i would say setting up a room in fusion for um, because, you know, I think the fusion stuff is a bit proprietary and it has to run on windows, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I haven't really delved deep that into that yet, but, um, yeah, it's similar to, uh, you know, if, if people are familiar with running their own XLX reflector, um, it's the same idea. 
Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about getting into some of the details of the reflectors and things. Uh, I know we talked about that a little bit the first time around. I actually run my own MRFD as well. Um, and I also have a fusion repeater. So yes, as far as I know, it's all proprietary. It all runs on Windows, uh, which is an unfortunate thing. MRFD, of course, based on XLX, so you can run it on Linux, which is great. Um, but that was kind of leading to the next question I wanted to ask, which is if you're an amateur radio operator now, and you don't want to wait for hardware, and you just want to spin up and, and try out M17, what are the best ways to do that? Uh, the best ways of doing that right now with you know any equipment that you have on hand. Uh, well, first, you can uh, use Mvoice, which is the first client that was written for M17. Um, it's internet-based, so uh, you just run the client on your computer, plug a headset into it, and you can link up to any reflector. There's also uh, DroidStar, which is a multi-protocol uh, client for multiple modes. Uh, M17 is native to DroidStar, so you don't need any additional hardware. Whereas if you were doing DMR or any of the other uh, modes with DroidStar, you would need an Ambi chip to um, you know do the digital stuff. But M17, because it's a software codec, um, it's it's built into DroidStar without any additional uh, software or hardware needed, so you can run M17 right there. Um, if you have a hotspot or a MMDVM um, hat for like Raspberry Pi, you can run uh, Jonathan G4KLX's M17 client, and now you basically have a uh, little portable radio that you can take with you. I have actually uh, two boxes that are set up for m17 client all i do is plug in a battery and i plug in a headset and get and, and i can get m17 over rf um so that's those are the quickest way with existing hardware um but with uh, a little bit of time and patience you can modify an md380 to do m17 as well so you got m17 over rf um using that uh that hardware as well so if you're doing M17 over RF, if you want to, um, what would you be connecting to? Do you, are there existing M17 repeaters? Is that something you see or are you, I mean, what are you linking to as, as RF for M17? So the easiest way to link into M17 over RF is through repeater, of course, or a hotspot. Um, Pi-Star with some additional scripts that were written by Alessio. Um, I forget his call sign off the top of my head. I bet you Ed would probably be able to tell us that. But uh, he has a set of scripts that will modify PyStar to include all of the M17 software and firmware for your PyStar build that you currently have. So if you have an HT or you have M17 client, you can use that in order to uh, get into the hotspot that's running uh, the M17 stuff. Uh, there are repeaters that are running M17 right now. Uh, I have one that's literally about 50 feet to my right. Um, that is a Bridgecom DMR radio, but it is a multi-protocol uh, DMR fusion uh, what else do I have? I have D star fusion DMR and M 17 running on that repeater. Um, and there are several in the United States that I'm aware of. There's a few over in Europe. There's one in Italy. There's one in Germany. There's one in Poland that I know of right off the top of my head. So there are repeaters out there. And if you are running a MMDVM based repeater, such as the Bridgecom or, um, you know, maybe a high power hotspot or a couple of radios plugged into a, an MMDVM modem, you can build M17 right into that and add it as an additional feature to an existing repeater. 
IU5BON, that's Alessio who uh, wrote the script to get M17 onto your Pi Star. So if you have M17, if you if you use Alessio's scripts and you get Pi Star configured for M17, then you can use M17 with any radio you can connect to Pi Star with. Yeah, as long as it speaks M17. So it would have to be a modified MD380 um, or a another hotspot or MMDVM modem that can speak uh, M17 or even the module 17. So do you use the Pi Star then to like connect to what you want to connect to, like a reflector or something, or do you yep. have radio control? Yeah, uh, you do have radio control as well. That was built into the M17 gateway. Uh, that was also written by Jonathan G4KLX. Um, you can send, uh, basically, uh, you have your call sign and then you have your target that you want to transmit to. So you can transmit to all, which is basically a broadcast, or you can transmit specifically to a specific call sign or a specific reflector. And that will automatically change your uh, hotspot or your repeater over to that reflector. And then you'll be talking on that. All right. That's pretty cool. You you said something about, I, I don't want to necessarily correct you if I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. You were talking about Droid Star not being able to use other, other protocols like DMR and YSF and stuff like that. Um, you, you can, cause there is a software vocoder. The it's, it's a gray area of legality. But well, it's... okay. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, I know the one place that you used to host the vocoder, they pulled it down. So, um, D star was always problematic cause that one actually does require yes. the MB chip and you, uh, can't even yeah, because you, yeah, go that ahead. runs IMBE rather than AMBE. Right. And there's no software IMBE vocoder that I'm aware of. Right. All right. Well, before I ask any more questions, let me see if Bill has anything for you guys. I've just been adding uh, notes to the show notes. <laughs> At least everything <laughs> that everybody's mentioned. So. Bill's, well, I'm just trying any, to keep up here. Yeah, I got a list of the links here. If, if I can, uh, I can copy that over to you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just getting them anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I've got even, most of them. So. He's even so running Russ, them. Yeah, go ahead. We, we've also... Um, I think we were down in Orlando at Hamcation. We had demonstrated uh, Droid Star um, on a couple of old cell phones, and we had OTG cables hooked up, and we had uh, USB zoom sticks, and that was a pretty much our RF deck. And we were pretty much going M17 simplex between uh, two of the those setups. Granted, it was only like you know a tenth of a watt, but uh, it was possible to hook up your MMDVM into Droid Star as well and use that as your RF. Oh, that's interesting. So you were actually doing simplex like at the at the event without any uh, intermediaries, no repeaters, nothing. Everything just yeah. straight simplex M17. So yeah, exactly. Oh, that's kind of cool. Had you guys ever tried working with that before? Did as proof of concept or anything, or was that the first time you got it up and running? Yeah, that, I think that was the first time that we got it up and running. It was shortly after Doug had built in the um, ability to add a um, serial device to a droid star client that's running so it was it was basically hot off the presses once we got there to uh hamcation so what have you guys been doing as far as you know the public i know you go to various events i know you go up to the northeast um because uh steve is up in the north well you're both up in the northeast technically steve steve's more in the northeast than i'm familiar with <laughs> um but uh so what sort of events do you guys go to where, where do you hit up like if people wanted to to talk to you about m17 and see you guys in person and maybe check out this uh simplex operation and stuff like what where do you guys hit during the year uh so the most recent one that we did was near fest uh this past october uh before that we were at um 
well, the old went, Boxborough Hamfest. Boxborough, yeah, that one was that one was a lot of fun. There was a lot of really interested people there. It was it was very technical um, and very technical minded people at that event. Um, before that, yeah, I think that was uh, a, another near fest and um hamcation was before that but basically um you know we like ed and i don't have to go to these events if somebody wants to go to an event and represent m17 for us you know they're part of the community we know who they are and they want to go to an event and represent m17 they can do that so we'll set up you know their uh, you know, we'll help them set up credentials and all that other stuff if they need to. Um, for example, uh, Maitland uh, went to uh, GNU RadioCon, and I sent him some, you know, promotional materials, and and he went and he represented M17 for us there. So, you know, even though Ed and I might not be at the event, you know, that we still have people that do want to go out and uh, show off what M17 can do. So if there's people that are uh, well-versed in how we do things, you know, as far as like what we're talking about with the Droid Star stuff, or if they have a modified MD380, or they have an M17 client build, you know, they can go to an event, we'll help them get set up. So it, don't don't just look for me and Ed. You know, if, if somebody else wants to do it, you know, let us know. All right. Well, I know you guys were at Hamvention because we talked with you. Well, talked with Ed anyway. We didn't talk with you, Steve. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I missed out on that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's quite all right. But it was good to talk with Ed. So I hope are, are you guys planning to be there next year? I believe so. All right, good. We'll be looking forward to that. So um, without without getting into too many specifics, because we did mention that you applied for and received a grant from the ARDC grant, you know, fund uh, for the M17 project. So how have you been leveraging that? Mm, well, there's, there's a lot of stuff that we've been able to do with that. Uh, so back in uh, 2020, I believe it was. Was it? Was that 21. correct? Twenty one. Okay. Yeah. It seems like it was two years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we we got a grant for uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars to um, basically really get us up off the ground as far as uh, building a new digital radio mode uh, for amateur radio is concerned. And ARDC became very interested in what we were doing and uh, gave us that grant for um, equipment. So we've got uh, all kinds of rf gear that we can use in order to help develop the rf protocol uh we have books that have basically all the information that we would need and for you know to to do the research into it uh we built a lab um here in Newmarket, so uh there's a little bit of a uh, paperwork that still needs to be finished with that but that lab should be running uh very soon so that one will have uh all the test gear that we have uh up here in new hampshire uh it'll have um benches for people to come in and and play around with stuff uh or even just you know help out and do the research run our servers that kind of thing um we're also putting uh, some of the money towards developing the hardware that we're looking at, or I'm sorry, not looking at, but the hardware that we're developing module 17, uh, the mini 17 um, we're, providing bounties for people that are providing solutions to problems that we don't have the resources uh, readily available for. So if somebody hasn't, uh, if we have a problem and somebody says, yo, I'll solve it, we'll just go ahead and, uh, Thanks for no you know, 
<laughs> I was hoping somebody would pick up on that. Oh, I, I'm just not saying anything. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if if somebody can come up with a solution to a problem that we're trying to, uh, you know, overcome, we have uh, money available for bounties for that. Um, you know, people that are putting in the most effort are seeing the most benefit off the uh, ARDC grant. So I may have asked you this the first time around, but I'm going to ask it again for people who don't want to go all the way back to episode 396 to, to pick up the original discussion. So, so Wojciech was the one who sort of founded the whole project. It, it, I guess it all started with him. So yep. he's, so he's in Poland, but you guys, I mean, you guys are in New England and New York, and then you have additional folks in, in Italy and of course the open RTX project and all that. So how did you all get involved in this? Uh, well, <laughs> it's a long and sorted story. Um, not really, but, uh, so back in 2019, uh, um, was starting the, uh, the whole M17 project with his local radio club, SP5 KAB, I believe it was. And, I uh, think so. yeah. And, uh, you know, people weren't, I guess they weren't really all that interested in what he was doing. Some people were, but you know, I guess it didn't garner enough interest for him to really keep going. So, um, he was joining an IRC chat room that, uh, I happened to you'd be involved with. And, uh, you know, it was amateur radio centric and he was like, Hey, there's this new protocol that I'm working on. Is anybody interested? And I just kind of followed along just to see what it was. And now here I am running all the servers and doing the lab stuff and <laughs> all the other uh, crazy things that, uh, that have really been coming out of this project. So yeah, 2019, that was, uh, that was a big year for me. I, I got involved with uh Wojciech. He just kind of randomly popped up in my, in my uh, chat room and, and said, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> you want to work on this? Some might say he was stalking you, Steve. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, he was stalking me after he figured out that I had a, had an interest in what was going on. <laughs> I uh, I happened to see the project on KB6 NU's website. Um, uh, Dan Dan had posted a picture of Wojciech uh, uh, with a taped together circuit board, which was his original uh, idea for uh, an M17 capable radio, and that was originally called the TR9. So uh, I had seen this, and I'm like, this is awesome. I was just starting to get back into amateur radio, and uh, it was right around the time where I was getting ready to uh, retire from my uh, my nine to five. And uh, I was in a Discord room that was, uh, I guess it was kind of like a hacker DEFCON type of uh, Discord server, and people were talking about uh, M17, and there was a lot of bad information being passed about the project, and somehow Wojciech uh, jumped into the server, and uh, he kind of uh, told everybody uh, what it was all about, and wasn't happy with a lot of people talking crap about the project so uh he kind of stormed in the server and stormed out and about uh three or four hours later i had a friend request on facebook from him which was kind of strange and stalkerish and uh, that's how my journey with the uh the project began <laughs> yeah it's kind of interesting how things all work out isn't it so i know you guys have a, a very active Discord server. That's where a lot of information about this is presented. And in the true um, vein of open source, you guys talk about like everything in there, not just about the project itself and where it's going and what you guys are doing, but you have some technical channels in there where you actually are talking about the chips you're using, the code you're writing, the spectrum analyses of of uh, waveforms of, of the audio for the project and everything. So you can really get deep into M17 and, and even its internals if you want to. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, we've got, uh, we try to break everything out into, um, kind of like a main topic for each one of the channels. Um, but like you said, it, it, I mean, it's a hugely active community and, you know, we've got our regulars and we've got people that pop in from time to time. Um, and that's what really spearheaded the whole idea of M17, not just being a radio protocol, but also being a community. So we're kind of, um, pivoting a little bit to include not just M17, but also basically anything that could be considered uh, a, like an open source amateur radio project kind of thing. So we've got things on 3D printing. We've got things on code writing. We've got things on development of firmware, development of hardware. Uh, we've even got our own little, you know, off-topic channel that seems to get uh, abused more than the others. But, uh, you know, it's, it's really grown into a, a, a great community of people. Yeah, there's a lot of brilliant minds that uh, pop in and out of there, and you know, I just sit back and, and browse through the channels, and you just, just learn so much about what's going on, and um, and that's what a, a lot of people a lot of people do. I think a lot of people just sit back and and they they follow along. They don't necessarily contribute uh, on a daily basis to our Discord, but they're definitely keeping up with uh, with different things that are happening. All right, very good. So, so have you thought of anything to ask, Bill? Before I keep rolling on here, yeah, I, I got a couple things. So, All right, good. Thank uh, you guys you. were talking about. Uh, <laughs> Finally, <laughs> you geez. guys were talking about having to. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> you guys were talking about uh, having to do different uh, chips and stuff like that. So, has the uh, the 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 chip shortage or this uh, supply chain shortage issue caused uh, some uh, issues with uh, selecting chips for your dev boards? Yeah, yeah, it has. Um, it's become very difficult to find uh, some of the more popular chips that we're trying to implement into our products. Uh, I, I say products, but it's, it's, you know, like a development board right now. Um, you know, the, the, the reason that we actually switched from an ADF 7021 to a CC 1200 is that in our research, we've found out that the ADF 7021 is quite deaf. Um, so if you've got a hotspot and you try to go anywhere beyond like a hundred feet, you're not going to be hitting that, that, um, you know, uh, Pi star or whatever you might have, uh, that runs that chip. Um, so we, we've decided that, all right, well, let's take a look at other chips that are for FSK capable. And, uh, Wojciech said, well, let's try the CC 1200. Now I'm going to argue that I was the first one to say that we should use the CC 1200, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, part of our research is not just uh, trying to get around this uh, uh, chip shortage thing, but also try to find the best chip for us. So, um, so yeah, uh, I guess I'm going to change topics again because that way, <laughs> just trying to wrap all this stuff because uh, you know I have I have a, a DMR radio and a D Star radio which I don't use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a whole stack of different radios here. That, yeah. You know, uh, so, is this something that uh, is is capable of uh, running on uh, HF in any way, like like kind of like free DV or something like that? I know you require FM. Uh, so I'm, I'm thinking like you know maybe even like 10 meters FM or something like that. Would would that even be a possibility to modulate M17 uh, for a direct contact on uh, HF? So anything that can trans that you can transmit a signal that's nine kilohertz wide. And, uh, at a baud rate of 9,600. So that really kind of, um, anything under 30 megs is questionable. Well, anything under, anything under 10 meters is, is completely outright. Um, 10 meters, six meters, it's kind of questionable. I have to 
recheck the rules, but we're yeah. really aiming for VHF and up. So two meters and, and above. Uh, we don't want to step on the toes of the people that are working on free DV because they're doing an excellent job for HF. But our signal, the way that, um, you know, it's modulated and the, how wide it is, is just too much for HF. I mean, that just completely rules it out. Um, but the amateur space has never really been served by Codec 2 in, you know, two meters and up. So that's what we are doing. We're, we're creating that um, modulation or that mode that you can use for two meters and up for the Codec 2. Free DV is the same um codec it's it's codec 2 written by dave rowe um but it's developed for hf it's it's much um skinnier it's not as wide <laughs> on the uh, uh you know uh, uh, on the frequency yeah not as beefy on the frequencies and uh does an excellent job for you know things like uh you know fading and and uh that kind of things those kind of issues that you would have on hf um but with our modulation being two meters and up, it's much wider. Um, so yeah, we don't plan on doing anything on HF. Yeah. So that way you don't have a data rate cap to either. Cause I guess four, yeah. F- four FSK is natively what 9,600 baud or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 4,800 symbols a second or something like that. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. That's why you need nine kilohertz. So, oh, cool. Uh, that answers some of my questions. So, uh, back to you, Russ. Ha <laughs> Okay. So, that, so the nine kilohertz, what's the, what's the reason for that? Are you doing it for audio quality or do you plan on being able to carry data or image or anything like that? Or, or, yeah, it's, a, that's probably a question for Wojciech because he was the one that created the RF side of it. Um, but, Yes, uh, digital voice is digital data. So, you know, it doesn't matter if you're transmitting voice or if you're transmitting text. It's still digital radio. It's still, you know, so you can, you can transmit a text file. You can transmit a photo. You can transmit your voice. Um, so it's, I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure of why it's so wide. Um, because that goes into a lot more, uh, RF theory than, than I have in my head right now. Um, but I do know that it is, that's what it is. It's nine kilohertz wide and that 9,600 baud. Yeah. Cause I think, cause codec two, or at least when you're, when it's being used for free DV, I think they get that down to what under two kilohertz or something like that. Uh, I think the most recent is, Oh, I just saw a video and I think it was like 2.3 that they're, that they're getting up to. Um, but they have a 700 baud, um, mode for codec two. That's uh, a lot less, uh, wide. Right. I mean, you're going to, you're going to lose a lot of audio quality with yeah. that narrow bandwidth, but you know, all that matters is if the signal is understandable. So, I mean, you, you have to do that. I mean, even on some of the other digital protocols, you're going to get, uh, even with a wider bandwidth signal, you still get some audio ar- artifacting and stuff like that. Yeah. But <clears throat> all right. So, so where do you guys go from here? What's, what's the future for M17? Ed, what's your future? <laughs> uh, it's wor- world domination. That's where we're uh, we're heading for. I thought you um, were opening up a deli. <laughs> uh, that too, <laughs> amongst the other uh, <laughs> jobs that I seem to be juggling lately. Thank God for retirement. Um, I think our next thing we're going to try and get some of these module seventeen boards um, into the hands of, of some users. We're going to try and do a, uh, like an early adopter program. Um, 
probably not going to be too early next year. We'll do some sort of a, uh, you know, donate to Open Collective Foundation, which is our fiscal sponsor. And, uh, you know, we, we haven't set a price yet, but make a donation uh, in the name of M17 and we'll send you out a board. So we'll get some early adopters out there. We'll get some people to help us and uh, help us break the boards and uh, get all the bugs out. And then from there, we'd like to uh, shrink it down. So uh, I, I think a lot of our focus is going to be on hardware within the uh, the coming year. Hardware and uh, finishing up the lab up in New Hampshire that uh, that Steve talked about earlier. And uh, we want to do some more traveling and get out there and see some people and get some ideas and show off all the goodies uh, that we have uh, so far. All right, yeah, I like Steve. Yeah. I, I, I like Ed's Sherwin Williams uh, approach to what we're going to do in the future. You know, cover the earth kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Ed's got some uh, great um, ideas as far as getting that M17, the module 17, sorry, uh, stuff out there, which is a, a great idea. I want to see more people using M17 in the future. Um, we have, uh, support from our finder. Uh, they're building M17 into their, um, what is that? The B1 radio that they're working on. Uh, uh yeah, so, the B1 plus. Yeah. So they're, they're building M17 into their stuff. We want to see more of that. We want to see more adoption of M17 into a commercial product. Um, that's, that's one of the great things about doing open source is that anybody can take what we're doing and put it into their products. So more people that implement m17 the bigger m17 will become and uh, the more people that use it the more drive that we have for continuing this project uh i also of course like ed said i want to get that lab up and running i want to get people in there i want to get people to help us out um i want to bring more uh internet stuff for m17 into the whole uh project right now we're running obviously our website but we're also running the reflector repository or um, repository registry um and uh you know we've uh, we've got a couple other side projects that are working as far as software is concerned so um there's a uh, repeater directory that's being worked on there's uh, a couple other um software based stuff for m17 that that i can't really talk about right now because it's super secret squirrel stuff but um it's going to be basically i want to revolutionize the way that digital communications are handled um for the internet and amateur radio because we've got this internet thing let's make use of it you know it's it's just another tool in in the amateur radio operators uh toolbox really well i i personally am looking forward to getting up to see the uh the lab you've got going up there because i i grew up 10 minutes from new market so i know exactly where you guys are <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah it's a, a popular area i can tell you that <laughs> yeah it's getting very expensive to live up there so <laughs> yeah i'm not happy about that though <laughs> Yeah, I think one of the other things uh, we'd like to do in the, the coming year is uh, make M17 a little bit more user-friendly. Um, I, I think because of the complexity of it, it scares away the average ham, um, especially things like the modification of the MD380. Um, it's not really an easy mod for the uh, the less experienced tinkerer. So uh, I, I'd like to see us work on some uh, introductory uh, docs to uh, get out there and, and introduce people to M17 and show them how easy it is to start off with even just using Droidstar as, uh, you know, granted it's only a cell phone app, but uh, you can definitely, uh, 
you know, give it a ride around the block and, and see how it uh, responds. Um, some of the other topics that I'd like to show some videos and documentation are is adding M17 to PyStar and, uh, you know, flashing a MMDVM board uh, to the newest firmware to support that as well. So, um, and I think that's one of the reasons that, uh, that I'm here. I'm definitely not the uh, tech part of the uh, team, but I try and, and break things down. A lot of times um, in, in projects like this, people, uh, these big brain people that I have the pleasure of working with, uh, they seem to think that everybody's on the same page as them. And, yeah, uh, it gets pretty overwhelming real quick. Yeah, so sometimes I have to go in there and, and I have to ask the questions. And if I'm asking the question, that means ninety, you know, five percent of the other hams out there have the same question. So I try and I don't want to say dumb it down, but I try and simplify it, I guess, which uh, which is very important for uh, for a project like this because I I think at times it does scare people away. So that's definitely uh, on the top of the list of things to do in the coming year for the project. All right. So you, you talk about, you know, things being a little difficult as far as usage. And I know you're working on that, but what do you, what would you like to see from the community, from amateur radio operators as far as getting into M17 and, and just sort of not promoting, not promoting by, by advertising, but promoting by using the, the protocol? How, how would people get in and, and make it more widely known? So I think once we get, um, the module 17 and a few more hands. Uh, I think logically the next way to go is get it in the hands of some of the, uh, the YouTubers out there. Uh, it seems like most people nowadays, most hams get a lot of their news and, and radio suggestions from the whole YouTube crowd. Um, I think that's the way to go for a, uh, to get a larger group of hams involved and, I think once we go there, we definitely going to have to simplify it uh, a lot. So, uh, I mean, that's my take on it. I, I think, you know, the, the exposure via YouTube is it's what's going to help this grow. Yeah, right. And from the amateur radio community as a whole, um, I want to see more people, uh, you know, taking a look at what the documents are, uh, telling us any sort of roadblocks that they're coming across. Uh, we do have a few people in our discord server that do literally everything that they can with M17 with the hardware and software that's currently available and, you know, give us bug reports, give us a, Hey, wait a second, this didn't work. Um, or even just say, Hey, look, I got this going. Um, you know, th that's what, like what Ed was saying, you know, with, with people, you know, having these questions, if we don't know those questions or those concerns that people have, uh, we won't be able to fix it. So if the, if you do come across something that, uh, you, you don't understand or you need a, need a hand with, come in and, and just chat with us. You know, we're, I, I like to think that we're a pretty friendly group of people. And even if, uh, you know, one of us isn't, uh, you know, Ed or, uh, myself or Wojciech or Mike or anybody else that's part of the, the core team isn't available, the community has a whole lot of, uh, smart people that are, that are ready, ready and willing to help. So, uh, and, and they'll, you know, bring those concerns and, and questions and everything that, that they come, uh, come up with and send them over to us. And, you know, we'll do things like improve the documentation or come up with a simpler set of steps on how to do something. Um, one of the more recent things that, uh, I did was come up with a set of instructions on how to, uh, install M17 client and get it running on a Raspberry Pi for people. And I had one of our community members, uh, test it out. I said, 
if you run into anything, let me know and I'll help you work through it. Now, my support style might not be as friendly as some others, but, you know, we got a community that, that can really help out with it. So, All right. Very good. So you guys, are you still doing your Friday nets? Yes. Every Friday. All right. That's, um, let's see, what was it? 11 central or 12 central? So, yeah. What's the, what's the UTC on it? <laughs> 1700 UTC. Yeah, that time I, will never change. <laughs> <laughs> right. 1700 UTC on the M17 M17 C module yes. reflector. Yes. And so, Ed's, Ed's our primary net control. All right. So, so anybody can get into that, whether they use Droid Star, you can, if you uh, are a little more technically minded, you can connect via other methods you can you can link via all star um you can you can do some uh some craziness to get into the m17 reflector yeah and and you actually bring up a good good um point here is that uh m17 is able to be transcoded without any hardware or questionable software um the the software vocoder for codec 2 is freely available so you know, you could have an analog link, like you were talking about with All Star. You could have an analog link connect to an M17 reflector, and now you don't even need an M17 radio to get into the network. You can go ahead and do it with, um, you can do it with, uh, you know, a, an analog radio. As a matter of fact, that's how I do most of my testing. Is I have an analog radio connected to All Star, and then I use that to listen to anything that I'm doing via the digital. So, um, really, really a good point that you bring there. And I believe there's a there's a list somewhere of all the different ways because cause there are different links that are hooked into the uh, the M17C module, especially when that net's going on. But of course, they're available anytime. So the website is what m17project.org. Did I get that right? Yes. All right. So m17project.org is where you're going to find a lot of the information. So do you guys want to highlight uh, the team at all? If you if you've got names and call signs um, up where we can just list the folks, the primaries who are, who are making all this possible. Yeah. Uh, so if you go to m17project.org, uh, up at the top, you have, uh, the menu bar and, uh, you click on about M17 and the team list is right there. Uh, heading up at the, Oh geez. I'm trying to scroll and hold my push to talk at the same time. Um, <laughs> so at the top we have uh, Wojciech SP five WWP, who's the founder and our lead developer. Uh, further down is me. Uh, I do systems administration and integrations. I also do all the web development. Uh, you have Mike W2FBI. He does all the software prototyping and development. He's also um, running his own little shop with uh, modified MD380s. Um, apparently, there has been a huge uh, calling for those, so he's a little bit... Um, behind on uh getting them all done but uh you can place an order through his site uh you got ed n2xdd that guy uh he's our community manager primary net control server uh <laughs> prime net control server net control station uh mathis db9 mat who does a lot of the hardware development and also developed the uh, module 17 uh rob wx90 he's been a little um a uh, little out of action for the for a while now, but uh, he does a lot of the um, software stuff as well. Uh, he developed uh, MobileLinked, um, which is a TNC, and he actually built M17 into that TNC. So you can use uh, M17 using a uh, MobileLinked TNC or the Nucleo TNC, which is the open source build your own version of the same thing. 
Uh, Doug 88 DP, he does software development, uh, mainly Droid Star. So he built, uh, the M17 protocol into Droid Star. And then, uh, finally, there's Tom N7TAE. He's, uh, he's another software developer. He did the protocol networking, um, all the reflector software, basically the MRFD and MVoice stuff, uh, that you have available for Linux. Um, you know, he developed for us. So that's the, that's the core team that we have right now. But, uh, you know, we're more than just the core team. We've got a. Oh. Yeah, there's just countless number of people yeah. who have who from the community who have helped us, um, including N1IAM Bonnie, who's uh, a returning ham, and uh, she found our uh, she found our project, and uh, she's been helping Steve uh, debug a lot of stuff, and we have Tony VK3JED down in Australia, who's. Uh, become uh our spokesman down there uh he's done a couple of presentations in australia at various clubs and he'll be doing another one later this month and uh i mean so many people um people just seem to to come out of the woodwork to help us out and uh contribute uh we have another ham i can't think of his steve who's the guy down in brazil uh pu4thz that's uh paulo yeah he's come uh he, he's Fairly uh, a new uh, contributor to the project, but he's been helping us out with uh, some of the work on the M17 board, uh, M- module 17 board as well, and just countless, countless number of people. Yeah, out there. he was the he was the one that developed the um, M17 uh, stuff for SDR Angel uh, so that it could go into Windows because uh, the SDR Angel implementation of M17 was Linux only at one point, but uh, Apollo actually did a a lot of work on getting that working in windows as well all right fantastic so we i usually wrap up i don't have any more questions uh that i can think of i think we've covered it pretty well but i always like to ask if there's anything we somehow missed that you guys want to mention before we go ahead and wrap up uh i would like to thank uh ardc for the uh the generous grant that they've uh, bestowed upon us and uh don't tell anybody else but i think we're one of their favorite projects so uh, that's just a secret between us, Russ, and uh, also our fiscal sponsor, Open Collective Foundation, who uh, who've been really awesome to us uh, recently. So that's who I'd like to thank, as well as all the members of the community who uh, come and just see what's going on and contribute when they can and ask questions when they have a problem. And uh, that's it. And Steve, I'd like to thank Steve because he's kind of a cool guy. I try to be. Um, yeah, I think we've uh, covered quite a bit. And, um, you know, like Ed said, I, I really want to thank uh, our community because without them, you know, it would be all for naught. I mean, we'd just be sitting here doing it for ourselves and that doesn't lead to a whole lot of fun. Um, being part of this project since 2019 has been a roller coaster ride, uh, for me. And it's been incredibly educational. Um, I've made a lot of friends and I can just see this project, um, blowing up in the future with the number of people that are starting to get interested and helping out. And it's, it's, uh, been a real fun, um, time and I'm looking forward to everything that we're going to be doing in the future. All right. Well, thank you guys very much. I hope we uh, will get together again before another two years goes by to catch up with you all. We're definitely looking forward to see where the M17 project goes from here. And I think everybody who's been listening has all the information they need to participate in the project, whether they want to contribute or just uh, use some M17 on a daily basis. And um, with that, we'll go ahead and close this out. But I want to thank you guys, Ed and Steve, for being here tonight, telling us all about the project again. And I hope we catch up with you all soon. Yeah, Yeah, thank thank you you very much. 
So with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. I do have a little bit of a social media list to go through here. Shouldn't take more than a couple of seconds. Down the list, we have nothing on subscribers, Patreons, Facebook, or Twitter, but we do have a YouTuber, Caleb Prox, who signed up to uh, view the show, I guess, and anything else we put out on YouTube. On Discord, we had several folks join us, Cameron S. Hunt, Kuka, W1WRA, N1IIM, and Crypt Zero and JKI275. So thanks for joining us on the Discord. We had Shanta, V-E-7-T-I-T, join us on the mailing list. And listening to us tonight, we had Ted, W-A-0-E-I-R, Bonnie, N-1-I-I-M, previously mentioned, who just joined the Discord, and Winston, K-D-2-W-L-L. So thanks for listening to the live show, folks. And... That brings us down to the end of the show. So thanks once again to Steve and Ed for being here and telling us about M17. Hope everyone has a great week and join us again for our short topics episode at that time. Thanks for listening tonight. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up. This has been episode number 488 of Linux in the Hamshack. For the on assignment, Cheryl, W5MOO, I'm Russ, K5TUX. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke lhspodcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonisms.